0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: hello and welcome to another Ars blog ArsCast. cast it has been a slow news week really but we've got a blog chat we've got an exclusive from ivan gazidis kind of and other stuff too so stay with us Hello and welcome to another Icecast here on Arseblog.oleole.com. dot com. It has been a kind of a quiet week. Normally, when I sit down to do the uh, do the Icecast, you take a few notes and you think, what's happened? What have we done? What's what's the stories? The lack of midweek football is is uh, is a problem. Well, not a problem. It just leaves you with less to talk about. But anyway, i was sitting here trying to make my notes, and I'm thinking, well, you know, we played Bolton, and there was a bit of Irish shaving stuff, and that's you know. That's really about it. Nevertheless, I would hate to feel that I'm letting you down on a Friday. So, um, yeah, I have strived to bring you something. Uh, and that something includes uh, a blog chat with uh, Kevin Witcher, the editor of the Gooner, an online Gooner. We'll be talking about uh, season tickets and renewals and all that kind of stuff. And players possibly coming in or one player coming in. Anyway, We'll be talking to him. Uh, we have an exclusive via the AST from Ivan Gazidis the new CEO of Arsenal. Uh, it's uh, it's just me reading out something, but it, it's kind of exclusive. Uh, we've got something from the man in the bar, Sylvester or Mary Bishop P.I., uh, and that's really, really about it. So, uh, the normal thing of what, you know, happened since the last hours cast, well, Bolton happened. And, uh, yeah, well, what a game that was. Uh, a feast of thrilling football that none of us will soon forget. A late, late goal from Nicholas Bentner. Won the three points, won the game for Arsenal, Uh, and I'm sure Bentner enjoyed that goal, having been um, on the end of some stick from the crowd. A couple of his early passes went astray, then when he made a good pass, there was some cheers. So it would have been nice for him to score the goal, and fair play to him for doing it. He hasn't been very good this season. Let's make that clear, he hasn't. And, you know, his biggest enemy, I suppose, is himself. You might talk about the languid style of Kanu or somebody like that, but Bender's languid style looks more like, you know, he's just not arsed. And that goes against the player, I think. But anyway, good for him to get the goal. Afterwards, Arsene Wenger talked about how the English league wasn't as exciting as it used to be. In the old days, everybody used to go all out for a win. Now you get teams like Bolton playing like Bolton which is pretty awful to see. I mean, you can understand it. They're being pragmatic. They don't have the best players in the world. They come to somewhere like Arsenal or any other team, and they're going to defend and and hope they can nick a goal and maybe hang on to a 1-0 lead. Or, or, you know, if Arsenal go ahead, they could maybe get one back and and defend like mad. Uh, And they nearly did get one back. But it's not nice to watch. Uh, I suppose Premiership survival is so important the amount of money behind it these days that you do what you have to do to get the result that you're going to get it's no good for i suppose bolton fans they can't enjoy watching that not that i give a shit about what bolton fans think or watch in fact if it makes them miserable then you know that's fine by me but when Arsenal have to play against it it's it's boring um arsene wenger you know isn't a fan of that tactic but as he said himself it's down to the team to prove that they're good enough to break a team down to be able to cope with that. It is really difficult to play against a team, no matter how good you are and how shit they are. If a team is just sticking 10, 11 men behind the ball, once they do the basics fairly all right, it becomes very difficult uh, to break them down. So you can see why the manager is is looking for a creative player at the moment, and that's Arshavin, and we'll come back to him uh, at some point in the future. Uh, but it doesn't make for pretty viewing for the rest of us, particularly when Arsenal aren't exactly firing on all cylinders at this moment in time. And I don't think we should expect the team to fire on all cylinders when we're missing that sort of creative hub to our midfield. No Fabregas, we don't have his vision or creativity, we don't have Walcott's pace and the way he scares defenders, and we don't have even Rositsky. And you can roll your eyes to heaven, given his injury record, and nobody would... Uh, say a cross word to you for rolling your eyes to heaven. But if we had Rosicki fit now, he would make a big, big difference to this team and the way we play. So we should be probably reasonably content with the fact that we're able to get three points from games like uh, the Bolton game, like the Portsmouth game, despite the fact we're not playing particularly well. Uh, we've got Hull coming up this weekend, and that's something we'll look ahead to uh, in a little bit. Now, though, it's time for our blog chat. And this week, I'm joined by the editor of The Gooner and the online Gooner, Kevin Witcher. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Now, I want to talk to you first about an article I saw during the week. I saw it on A Cultured Left Foot. Uh, I'm sure I saw it somewhere else as well, but I'm, I'm quite happy to give uh, the Arsenal blog credit. It was about uh, season tickets, and it suggested that somewhere in the region of 24% of Arsenal season ticket holders were considering not renewing their season ticket for next season. Um, now, we're already seeing empty seats uh, at the stadium. Um, do you think that's to do with uh, the finances, with the recession, or, or maybe with the team, or maybe uh, the truth lies somewhere in the middle?
2: Well, I think it is probably a bit of uh, everything. I mean, number one, you have to remember that uh, the scarcity value now of tickets uh, is nowhere near what it used to be at Highbury. and for that reason alone, <laughs> the the imperative to have a season ticket and to cling on to it has gradually uh, faded away. I suspect if the team were doing much better and and you know really pushing for the, uh, the the trophies they're going for, a the stadium wouldn't be much fuller and people would be turning up to see the games, and b people wouldn't think twice about not renewing Um, so you know people obviously want to see exciting games exciting games tend to be those that mean something uh, which tend to be ones where you're actually in with a chance of winning a trophy so for example i don't see many people not attending when we play roma in the champions league um Or indeed, when uh, who's got to come to uh, the stadium now? I think Chelsea. Yeah, I mean Arsenal, Chelsea. I'm sure people turn out for that. But uh, people can get tickets now. You know, there's so many floating around of spare season tickets. Even people who buy tickets on the silver membership and then decide they're not going, especially in club level, there are so many seats. Uh, There's an informal market at club level of tickets just going for, for. Every single game. So the scarcity of tickets, even with the membership ga- uh, scheme, has basically disappeared. And for that reason, I think a lot of people prepared to take their chances in the future, which means giving up the expense every May, June of pretty much a grand, a grand plus, to secure their season ticket.
1: You talk about club level there, and it's interesting because um, obviously when the new stadium was launched... Uh, everybody had money in their pockets. Now, obviously, things are very different, um, and club level seats are very, very expensive. Do you foresee a situation where where the club is going to have to drop prices in order to maintain the levels of attendance?
2: Well, I think that would be a last resort. Um, I mean, obviously, what they've done for the West Ham game is because it's a Grade A game, they've dropped the price of their executive boxes to grade B game prices. So the reality is already, you know, entering the, the picture there. They know they're not going to sell them at the normal price. I suspect, um, certainly with boxes, the, an element of negotiation will be going on. It's almost like the touts outside. What can you afford to pay then? Um, that'll be completely unofficial, but that's that will occur. Club level seats themselves, not sure that's quite so negotiable. Because of people who've paid up front, what I can see with them initially is a lot more club level seats being offered as part of packages on a match by match basis. They don't do that a lot at the moment they do it a little bit. There will be far more packages available for each match. So, for example, you know when Manchester United are coming to town, the package is going to be expensive when it is bolton next season. the package might be very reasonable indeed. They will try and do what they can to fill the seats without selling themselves so short that the people who are paying the silly money and and, and paid it in advance are going to get uh, put out. But I think the club are going to have to get creative, and I'm sure they're willing to do that. At the moment, there's so much slack in the system as far as they're concerned. They're looking at the TV, uh, season ticket waiting list. They're seeing that they don't often have to put games on onto general sale. They think, well, we can still go there. You know, there's, there's still people who will come. However, I think it's a safe bet that prices won't go up this summer. And obviously, with the VAT changes in this country, they'll be a bit cheaper just because of that. Um, the actual price at club level... They're going to have to refund people, I think, if they drop the prices. And I don't think they'd want to do that. There are people who've bought them on, on long term. Um, so they're, they're in a tricky place. They've got to be imaginative, but they can't alienate people who've paid up front at the top whack. So how they do it is is going to be interesting.
1: Hmm. And we should say, of course, that uh, um, this isn't something that's going to be unique to Arsenal in terms of uh, trying to fill their stadiums. Um, Andre Arshavin is a a signing that I think everybody is at this stage almost expecting us to make. Uh, At the same time, uh, we've all been looking for a defensive player, uh, maybe a a central defender or a defensive midfielder. Um, It doesn't look as if anything else is going to happen in terms of transfers apart from Arshavin. And is this maybe a sign as well that um, the finances that the chairman alluded to, that the manager has alluded to, don't necessarily stretch as far uh, as bringing in more than one player,
2: quite possibly, um I think the chase for Arshavin is a bums on seats measure, ironically, because they do know they they are in the in the entertainment business these days as far as those expensive seats are concerned. People in the hospitality boxes are not going to get excited about a, a big lump of a central defender um in fact in a, in a sense they'd rather see a five four game than a one nil game. So uh, I suspect um, there isn't a lot of money around. Uh, I think the club um, have been obviously caught out by the property crash and as well the the sheer fact that banks are now unwilling to loan. I mean, what's happened with Highbury Square is that a lot of money is due on on the loan that was taken out to build uh, or develop the old stadium into flats. I think the figure is somewhere around £140 million, and I've got a feeling that it's all got to be paid by the end of July in 2009. Now, I'm not going to swear blind to that, but uh, those are the figures which which I've heard. Um, Now, obviously, if you've got to find £140 million from somewhere, that's all fine if you're selling apartments. I don't think a lot of apartments are actually being sold because of the decline in their value. So there's a limbo situation whereby the club can't sell them to anyone else, but the people who put deposits down on them aren't uh, completing on them either simply because they can't get the loan. No one can borrow money to buy property Mm -hmm. these days. So I think that's affected the playing budget. I can't see how it couldn't. There are some figures I think due in February, half yearly figures, which will tell us a lot more. But don't be expecting Arsenal to splash out before the end of this current transfer window. I suspect one player will be it. Obviously, they're trying to get Arshav in uh, from the noises coming from, from the Russian end. And uh, I, I I just think the manager now... Has got to get creative. He's got to do swap deals or, or or loan deals or something to get the players that he needs. And maybe he will surprise us. Maybe that will happen. Myself, I wouldn't predict it. But uh, we we obviously need drastic surgery on the defensive side of the game. Part of my suspicion about the way we played against Bolton was that Wenger didn't want us to score too early because if they started coming at us, we might be exposed badly. (laughs) Um, So it's a make do and mend situation at the moment. Um, I don't see us winning anything this season unless we get lucky in the FA Cup. But uh, as far as new players are concerned, I think Arshavin will be your lot.
1: In fairness, he did talk about loan deals, so... uh... Maybe it wouldn't be a surprise if something like that happened. It depends, I suppose, entirely on the quality of player available for loan. Um, we talk about the team now. Uh, like you say, we all know where where the problems lie, but we are on a, a kind of a run. Uh, this is the best run we've been on this season. Gail Clichy talked about the team grinding out results. And um, to be fair, the game against Bolton was a, a real grind. Uh, we've got Hull now uh, tomorrow in... Uh, in the Premier League, away from home. I suppose we owe them one. Are you confident now that this team, uh, despite the fact that uh, they're not maybe playing the best football, they're kind of in a in a winning habit?
2: Well, I mean, obviously results do have a, a positive and negative effect. Even though they're not pl- playing very well, the, the, the very fact that they've proved to themselves that they can get results when, when they're not playing well is always um, a good habit. Um I mean, in that run of unbeaten games, we have had things like Villa 2-2 and, um, oh, I, can't, I can't remember, I mean, the, the Wigan game we almost threw away. But, in a sense, it doesn't matter because it, it is at this point in the season, it, it's about getting as many points together and then just hanging on in there.
3: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: And hoping that there's lights at the end of a tunnel. Now, I think the... Uh, I mean, I, I just... I can't see what's what's going to improve the defense, and I don't think they have improved. Um, maybe Juru in terms of winning things in the air has been a slight improvement and the fullbacks are playing well. Um, but as a team, uh, we haven't looked convincing when, when other teams have had a go at us. So really, I just think it's about riding our luck for now. And, and we've done that to an extent. And sometimes a lucky team is going to get results and maybe that's what we need. And maybe we do that now. So Although the fans are not enjoying the football, I think they'll start to enjoy it more if we if we just keep a run going of some kind and start to prove to ourselves that, hey, you know, in spite of all the problems we have, we can manage to get results. And let's face it, Manchester United have been doing just that for the last six weeks. Since they lost to us, they've won so many games 1-0, often with a, a goal in the last 10 minutes, and everyone's saying they are the champions elect. So, it's no bad thing um it's just there's been so much going on lately that uh, the frustrations of the early part of the season haven't gone away, and so people are still unhappy you know you, you we're not finding reasons to be optimistic, but maybe we've got to dig in and and say you know okay it's going it's going okay now let's let's get behind a team and and just keep getting results for now." and see what transpires. All right,
1: Kevin, thanks very much. Uh, We better leave it there. We'll chat to you again soon. You're welcome. Thanks again to Kevin from The Online Gooner. And The Gooner, we will chat to him on another Arscast in the very near future. Now, before we go on to that exclusive by Ivan Gazidis, Sylvester.
0: Hello everyone, it's me again, Sylvester! At the moment I'm not in the team, you know, I have this little fire injury. Don't worry, it's still as beautiful as ever, but just a little bit so. I we're having such fun in the treatment room, I have to say. Me and Theo, Eduardo, Thomas and all the others. Of course I'm a little disappointed that the manager, everybody else when they come back is going to be like a new signing. He didn't say this about me. I think that's because when I come back, I'm still going to be old and shit. Oh, baby. Do you want to funk? Won't you tell me now? If you want to funk,
3: let me show you how. Do you want to funk with me? Do you
1: want to funk with me? Now, as you all know, we've got a brand new CEO. That is Ivan Gazzidis. Uh, and obviously he's going to be uh, doing lots of different work at the club i suppose it's going to take some time to get him up to speed however the AST the Arsenal Supporters Trust who you've heard on this podcast and you know their site arsenaltrust.org uh, they've been in touch with him to introduce themselves. Obviously, they're going to have to forge a, a good relationship with Gazidis, uh, And they asked him for uh, a message for their meeting, which uh, they've kindly allowed me uh, to bring to you. Um, he says, thank you very much uh, for the email. I very much appreciate the warm welcome I've received from the AST and indeed from everyone associated with the club. Particularly in these challenging times, Arsenal represents values as precious as they are timeless. I hope that I will be a worthy steward of these values and continue the best traditions of the club while always keeping it looking forward with optimism and moving it forward with dynamism, creativity and passion. No club, least of all Arsenal, is anything without its supporters. That is inherent in the very word club. I'm looking forward to meeting with the AST leadership once I have my feet under the desk and to discussing Arsenal issues with your wider membership in May. Believe me, I fully appreciate that we all want the best for the club and are part, literally and figuratively, of the same team. There has never been a time when Arsenal has been better positioned for sustained success, and I'm more excited than you can imagine about the possibilities I can see for the future. I'm looking forward to making that journey with Arsenal's superb supporters. With best regards... Ivan. So there you go. Uh, he's talking about the club and supporters and I suppose he's saying all the things you would expect somebody new in the job to say. The proof of the pudding, of course, will come uh, over the next few months when we see what kind of work he does. And I suppose many people will be wondering if he's involved or how involved he is, uh, if at all, uh, in the attempts to bring Andre Arshavin to the club. I read, I think, last week, Arsene Wenger saying, well, Gazidis will be Not learning the ropes, so to speak, but he'd be involved to to a small extent, but for the most part, it'll be Wenger and it'll be Ken Fryer trying to do the deal. Now, it's all up in the air at the moment. Uh, We know that we want him. Uh, We know that he wants to come to us, Uh, but there seems to be a sticking point, I suppose, either on the fee or the conditions or, or something. Um are those that think that maybe the Russian club are playing games a little bit, but, you know, uh, there doesn't seem to be any other interest in Arshavin at this moment in time. Manchester City aren't interested in him. They're about to spend £100 million on Kaka. They're not going to shop in the bargain basement. Why would you spend £20 million when you can spend £100 million? For goodness sake. Uh, there was some talk about Inter, but I think that's probably just bullshit. I'd say that's Mourinho just ringing up an annoying Wenger doing his best. Yeah, tell them I'm interested. I'm not really, but just say it. That'll make Wenger annoyed. Uh, so um, w- we'll wait and see what happens. I watched Arsene Wenger in the press conference, and they were trying. the journalists were trying to press him on, you know, where were they? Where, was he close to signing uh, Arshavin? Was it far away? Was it going to be this? Was it going to be that? And he was giving really nothing away. He said he was very hopeful but he was giving nothing away in terms of where the negotiations were. And I think from Arsel's point of view, he's keeping everything uh, under wraps as much as possible. We know that the Russians haven't done quite that. Uh, but Arsall, I think, are going to say nothing uh, that might jeopardize the deal in any way. He also said that, um, somebody asked him, did he have other irons in the fire? Were there other targets? And he said, yes, we have uh, alternatives. And when asked, was he close to signing any of those? He said, no, but you know we we do have options so i'm not quite sure uh, who else that might mean the other thing i wanted to talk about was the fact that uh, this uh, this article comes up and it's something you get uh, a bit tired of hearing one of our players back from injury is going to be a new signing and, and there was a big article on arsenal.com about how players coming back will be new. So they'll be like new signings and i was watching the press conference and he didn't really say that what he said was, you know, we're trying to sign Arshavin, But, you know, let's not forget, we've got Rozitsky to come back, possibly. Walcott will be coming back. Fabregas will be coming back. All creative players. He said uh, Eduardo should be back in, you know, two to three weeks. And when he says back, I assume that means ready to play in the first team. So I think the point he was making was, you know, we'll uh, we'll use those guys. It didn't do him any favors, Arsenal.com, I have to say, doing up that new signing thing because it gets on everyone's nerves. Because you wonder why we have so many new signings that are old signings, when all we want is a new new signing, not an old new signing. Eduardo coming back is a tremendous boost to the team. It really is. But it's not a new signing. We already signed him. It's an old signing. So I'm tired of, you know, Arsenal.com trying to tell us that an old signing is as good as a new signing, because it's not. It isn't in any sense. The same, or as good, is great to have them back, but it's not as good as a new signing. It's not a new signing at all. Even to say it's like a new signing isn't true. Where's the photo shoot? Where is he holding his shirt up? Where's the excitement? That's the whole thing about a new signing. It's exciting. A guy coming back from injury is good and positive, but it's not really exciting. In the same way, as you see, X signs for Arsenal. You go, fuck, who, what, him, aw, or whatever. The various responses to transfers we've had over the last little while. So, um, we'll see, Arshavin, what happens, and we'll see with uh, the old signings as well. Yeah,
0: we'll see. Hey, hello there, Blugger. How's it going? Hope you had a good week, yeah? Uh, mine was a little bit strange, I have to say. I found myself one of the days with absolutely nothing better to do than to read your website. And I went along and there was some wag, I think we'll call him in polite society, who pointed out that I did the player history for Ian Wright twice. Last week, and then sometime in the past. Now, I don't remember doing that at all. It worried me slightly, so I went to the doctor. And it turns out after some tests that I've got Alzheimer's. And if that wasn't enough, he did some tests, and it turns out the insulin levels in my testicles are far lower than they should be. So I've now got a disease that nobody else has. I've got diabolicals. So as you can imagine, it's all a bit stressful this week, and I'm not going to do a player history, lest I repeat myself again... And that guy goes on your website again and complains and thinks he's oh so big making a big mistake out of me. Not realising of course that he's taking the piss out of a terminally ill old man. I wonder how it makes him feel at night. Can he sleep at night do you think now under the stress and the heartache and the pain he's brought to me? Uh, i say he probably can. You know what with him being <laughs> a complete cunt and all. I'll see you next week. I've got to go and syringe some sugar into my sack. It's not much fun, I tell you. More from the man in the bar, if he can
1: remember, on another Arsecast in the future. Now, this weekend we've got a game against Hull City, uh, who started the season so very, very well, and who came to the Grove and, and beat us. 2-1. Which uh, was not much fun, really, was it? Uh, But they gave everybody a good go at the start of the season. They look, possibly, like they're beginning to run out of steam a little bit. As I said, I think they've got one win in their last 13 league games. uh, Which isn't great. And perhaps now is a good time for us to go and play them. When we're on a reasonably decent run ourselves. The whole game, at home, was symptomatic of what was wrong with this team. No fight little bit complacent. Thought they just had to turn up. And if they go into the game tomorrow with the same kind of attitude, well then, you know, they're going to get beaten again, probably. However, perhaps the fact that we've got players out injured and the guys know they have to work that little bit harder means such a performance uh, won't be repeated. Well, I hope it won't be repeated because we owe them. Let's face it. When you get beaten by a team, you want to turn them over the next time you play them. Revenge is a good motivating factor, I find, in many walks of life, not just football. And of course, we need to win uh, to keep the pressure up on uh, Aston Villa and whoever else. I mean, the way the league is going, what's the story? We're still only, what, eight points from the top of the league? It's all a bit strange. Uh, so there's still a huge amount of football to play. Uh, Danielson was talking in the week saying, well, we haven't given up on the title, which is great. Set your sights high, boys, because maybe the higher you set your heights, the more you'll achieve or something. You set your sights on fourth and then don't get that. yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't see the title as being realistic in any way. However, we've got to keep the pressure on Villa in particular, uh, who I'm hoping will fade away in the final part of the season because they do have a good first 11. But beyond that, their squad is a little bit on the thin side. And I'm surprised, I have to say. I'm surprised that Aston Villa haven't done more business in this transfer window because uh, Lerner has got a few quid to his name uh, and I thought they would have been getting in a few players to give a little bit of depth to their squad because this is certainly the best chance they've had uh, of reaching Champions League football. So you might think they'd spend a few quid, speculate to accumulate, perhaps. Uh So that's how vital tomorrow's game is for us. Now, really, there isn't much else to talk about. It has been a very quiet week, and I've tried to stretch it out as much as possible. But any more than this, and my head is going to fall off. Um Because that's what happens when you try and talk about stuff that isn't happening. Your head falls off. Scientifically proven. I read it in um, National Geographic plus one yeah uh so until next week's ice cast take it easy fingers crossed for a good result tomorrow uh, i'll talk to you then and of course all week on the blog. bye
2: The guy walked into the office, which was kinda unfortunate
3: for him because I wasn't in the office. It had been a quiet week, so I took myself off to the pet store and bought a large, vicious dog. Then I brought him to the park and taught him how to rape my enemies. Problem was, he was having trouble distinguishing between enemies and passersby. So there I was, thinking this dog is even better than I thought when along comes this little Mexican guy he says you have got to show the dog that you are the back leader and then you must put him in a calm and submissive state Ch-ch-ch. I said mister what the hell are you doing what's with the ch he said I am the dog whisperer I am famous for making the bad dog into the good dog to show that you are the back leader oh you're the dog whisperer I said I heard about you come here I want to whisper you something he leant in I whispered, Pipe Man.
0: Hold up.